Hey, all you tea drinkers and listeners out there. This is Corey Calder with Staff with you spilling the tea. That wonderful and phenomenal noise you hear to start every episode is not my voice. It is the sound of the Marching Blue Devils from Verona High School. During this episode, we are going to touch on how you can lead a campus parade to start a pet rally. And at our school, these Blue Devils get the party started and get the pep rally going when you hear their drum line anywhere on campus. And to teach us about that is going to be two English teachers who are also our PBIS coordinators. There's the bell. Time for class. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we are here uh, for another special one today. We have an incredible English teacher at Verona High School who wears many hats, uh, Miss Janae Jones-Boston. You want to introduce yourself? Hey, guys. It's Mrs. Boston. I'm pretty sure some people still know me as Miss Jones. I'm an English teacher at Verona, and I'm happy to try out my first podcast. Well, we are pumped to have you on. You know, when I sent that survey out, I was like, fingers crossed. I hope Miss Boston says she wants to do it. I hope Miss Boston says she wants I'm, to do I'm it. I'm going to be honest with you, though. Like, all the kids know, all the adults know, I don't do social media. So, like, yeah. this is a real treat to get me into the social media people might see me kind of lame. Yeah, and I think the one thing, though, is these kids who do give it a chance to listen, um, which is sort of why I'm doing this is for the kids. Um, I want them to get a chance to hear teachers that are out there and get to know them on a little more personal level, but just hear their voices during this time and just have a genuine talk about education. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. So do you want to kind of introduce how you got into education? Was there an aha moment growing up and then um, your current role or roles at Verina? To be honest, I did everything in my power to stay away from education. (laughs) Um, Truth be told, I went into college undecided. Um, That was an option. I went to a liberal arts college, so you had to do a lot of random classes that I think really helped me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was interested originally in psychology. Um, And then I got to having to declare my major, and they told me, that I would have to do lab hours to get my credit. And I was like, oh no, you're not gonna have me in the lab extra time. And so then I was like, what else am I good at? And that turned into English, cause my degree mm-hmm. is actually in English. And then I was like, you know what? I just have to accept my faith. My mom is a um, teacher and a media specialist librarian. My grandmother um, was a librarian in King William County, she integrated their public school system. My other grandmother worked in food services in um, King William and West Point. My aunt is a daycare, early childhood provider. So I just had to accept my faith and realize education is in my blood. Well, I'm glad you went down that road. And, um, you know, I know students who have you and don't have you, but just interact with you, love you to death. You know, I've had the privilege of of seeing you teach a couple of times, whether it's like a pop-in or you know, just coming to pick up a kid and I stayed for a minute because I didn't want to interrupt your lesson because things were just like flowing. You know, sometimes I walk into a teacher's room and it's a little dead and I'm like, all right, cool. I need this kid or here's what I got to give you. But when I walk into your room, it's like kids reading poetry and you're doing something (laughs) and then kids are acting out. And it's like, I I just got to wait this one out. Like, this is really good. (laughs) You know, sometimes (laughs) I worry for my classroom. It is definitely, um, 
intense uh, from the moment they come in, even before the bell. So, you know, some people say, you know, you teach bell to bell and like it, it hits them at the door and it, it hits them on the way going out. Um, I know I have a big personality in my class and um, I try to use that to empower my students to bring just as much back into class. So mm-hmm. we're rocking and rolling most of the time trying to do different things and giving them opportunities to use their voice, find their voices, share their voices. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's not about me per se. It's about them really getting their English education and learning those skills because without a voice, there's no change. Absolutely. And that's, that's pretty powerful right there. Um, Is there, is there anything you want to talk about with like the different hats you wear at Barina? Oh my goodness. I, I can't even like think about all of them that I Mm -hmm. probably do. But I think when, when I see myself outside of the classroom, because of course my first goal, like I tell the students, like you're a student athlete, you're a student president, you're a student, your student always comes first. And so Mm -hmm. I try to always remember my teacher always comes first. Like I'm a teacher that also does all of these other things. I'm an educator that does this. But I think my um, my passion definitely comes from my extracurriculars that have to deal with student leadership and the culture and climate of um, Rana High School, being involved in our renaissance programs, our pep rallies, our athletes, our different um, clubs and organizations that give back and do different things. I think that's where my like cup overfloweth. Person, you know, mm-hmm. education gets me to the real top. Like I'm 100% full every day. But when I get to do things like advisory lessons, when I get to have kids go on trips and learn about being leaders in their own schools and taking ownership of, you know, senior T-shirts and taking ownership of student recognition and teacher recognition and athletes being able to do signing days and things like that and decision day where we have people enrolled, enlisted, and employed, those are the moments that I really get excited that Mm -hmm. take it to the next level. Now, you know, one thing that I will speak to is at my old school before I came to Verina, you know, I was the one with the mic with a couple of the teachers leading the pep rallies. And what I've loved about Verina is, you know, you got the students running everything. Yes. You know, you, you got the DJ, you got the student mics, they got the script, they got the kids involved. It's hype. Like the students are doing it. And for me, it's a, it's a relief. Cause I was like, Phew, <laughs> I really don't want to be, I really don't want to be pep, pep rally MC anymore. Like I want to put that hat away, but I just think it's awesome how you've empowered the students and kind of taught them how to be those leaders. Like you talked I about. I think um, a lot of times, you know, leadership works two ways. It's either top down or it's grassroots. And I try Mm -hmm. to remind the students all the time that your life is only as cool as you make it, you know, like, so your school is only as cool as you make it. You know, I might think something is cool and the kids look at me and be like, no, Miss Jones, that is the lamest idea ever. I get it. I'm not as young as I think I am anymore. My ideas might be dated. I get it. So by giving them that opportunity, they're definitely more invested in their activities. That being said, I really like the fact that our students that are participating and our faculty notice that sometimes it does take longer. 
to get things done. Because when I mean the students run the meetings, the students are writing the scripts. They're working on timing. They're working on playlists and dances and choreography and all of that. And so it's a real opportunity for them to take these creative thinking skills and critical thinking skills and put them into place for an audience that they care about. So, mm-hmm. and I'm, I oh, yeah. agree. I'm, I'm right there with them, but, you know, I'd much rather just do all the work behind the scenes and let the kids, you know, we embarrass ourselves every now and then at a rally, but most of the time it's them out there. Yeah, but then, but then you have, you have those times where, like, it works and it's like, bam, everybody's hype. Like, kids are standing, screaming, cheering. It's like, there it is. Like, a kid playing that, a kid is running it. And then now every kid in the, you know, gymnasium is loving it. And I know that definitely, you know, the feedback that happens between, you know, something that um, we started a few years ago that I had no idea would take off on our campus, parades. Our kids love parades. Um, Yeah. Oh, I love it. They love the parades that happen when we send off a sports team, when we send off, um, different organizations when we welcome people back to school like they love like just the drum beat and getting to be outside i think that's the beautiful part about that Friday. like we get to have a parade and enjoy yeah. the beautiful weather think think back to that time where you were pitching the idea or a kid pitched it about the parade like how did that work because i remember you know a first week back of school uh, my first year there i'm like parade i was like uh-oh and then just the band's playing and you're walking and you're loving it. And, you know, I'm dancing and embarrassing myself and the kids are going nuts. How did that idea come about? Who pitched it? What, you know, how did that work? Um, I think it came from, I'm a product of Henrico County Public Schools myself. I did K through 12 here. So um, I have a lot of prior connections to organizations and things like that. So I'm going to be honest, I got the idea from Henrico High School. They didn't release via a bell. In Henrico High School was designed very similar to Brina with the outdoor campus. Mm-hmm. And you would sit in class and you start the drum. And it was so intense that you would hear the drummers start getting ready. And you could hear it echo and your teachers would open the doors. And you would start hearing it, and then they'd be like, okay, it's time to release. But the band was already in the middle of campus and takes a, and used to take us to the gym. So I was like, I want to play up that same kind of energy. And there's nothing like the Marana High School Marching Blue Devil Band or any band of the nation that's right now. But that bass drum and that snare drum definitely mm-hmm. put something in the kids. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah, it's, it's, a, oh my goodness, a good drum line definitely sets the tone. And so we kind of took that moment and said, how could we now involve the whole school community? Because a lot of times at pep rallies, it's only about 50 kids that are immediately involved. It's those 50 kids that are mm-hmm. on the floor. But if we said, let's change this into a parade, that meant a thousand of our kids got to be right there with the band. They got to get in between the children. And so they then became a part of the event instead of just a spectator. And that's kind of how it evolved to um, the parades that we kind of like to kick off and end the school year with. 
Yeah, I, I love it. And what, what I love about it, too, is, you know, you're walk, you're snaking through campus. You're walking past all the buildings. The announcement's being made. Kids are coming out. They're taking pictures. They're smiling. They're laughing. And, you know, even if it's, you know, the very introverted student, you know, he's bobbing his head. He's walking. He's got a smile on his face. And uh, to your point where you said everybody gets to be a part of it, it's 100% right. It, it, it's like it's incredible. Said, it's a, I think it's a less intimidating vibe than I'm forced to go to a pep rally for those introverted kids. Mm-hmm. And also for our faculty, you know, um, not because of our situation, sometimes staff can't make it to a, a pep rally because of yep. supervision and different duties. But when we do a parade, it's kind of everyone, you know, it's okay to open your door and peek out and see what's going on. And I think, you know, it's always a testament to our students. I mean, they are outside. I mean, a thousand of them. And we have never had an incident. Like, we are well-behaved. We're excited. I think it's mm-hmm. a testament to them also really enjoying that opportunity to do something a little bit different. Yeah, I'm with you. I love it and I look forward to it. And what I love the most is y'all start down at the gym. So I get it from the get go. It's like, bam, I get it for 10 minutes. Like I'm loving it. You know, I would like to let everyone know, though, that you mentioned the announcement. I work really hard on my rhymes. I don't know when I'm releasing buildings. To make sure I, I catch I catch some of like the puns and like different things you say like it's it's very I, witty. I, I work hard. My my English side comes out of me, and sometimes I have to uh, go to the English department to see. You know, when we're like building nine. It's your time. Like those little slant rhymes in there to uh-huh. get them to come out. Do you see your students being like, "Oh God, Miss Boston being all they corny are up there"? Hundred percent cringy. At all times, <laughs> but if you've had me, you've learned that that's that's the beautiful part of an English teacher is uh, the play on words just never gets old, and we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So you spilt the tea on how to get a pep rally started or how to send off a sports team. Um, can you spill the tea on your skills in the classroom and and stuff that you do well? Uh, tough question. Tough question. The list is long. No, the list is long. Like I know. Not even like that. You know. I think I have been blessed and recognized with amazing students. I, I, I put it all on them. Most of the time when we come in, they are ready to rock and roll. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that starts day one. Um, from the feedback I get is a lot of the relationship building and a lot of high energy that comes into the classroom. My students know day one that I have high expectations of them. And those high expectations are met with high support. So they know that yeah. whether you're a ninth grade student, because I've done ninth grade all the way to my 12th grade AP and any level in between, collaborative, all of that kind of stuff, they know that we don't have expectations of what we're going to do for these 90 minutes, what we're going to do on projects, but I also know that the moment I come in and say, I need help, I'm confused, I'm lost, that I'm going to be there for them as well. And I think the moment they accept that into their academic life, our class runs really, really smoothly. Um, and then I also just try to make sure as much as class is my personality and voice, because this, I mean, I'm probably loud right now on the mic now that I think about it. But most of the time, my class is like, Ms. Boston, you don't have to yell at us. 
And like I'm not yelling. I'm just talking <laughs> and like loud all the time. But they are giving them opportunities to use their voice. Like they love Socratic seminars and we could discuss journal topics and issues and debates and you know in AP literature let's discuss one scene of one page for 90 minutes and sometimes I let that happen because I think that's when the really good scholarly conversation happens and then they feel validated and they know that they can do more of that. I'm with you and and just so the listeners know you know I've I've been at Verina for three years and, you know, I've seen your class a couple of times and I've seen the ninth grade class. I saw the AP this year and it's like, yeah, it's a different class, but it's the same feel Absolutely. no matter who, what kids in there, you know, whether it's high AP or, you know, a little lower. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. This, the feel when you walk through the door is the same, no matter the and, audience and, I, and they're captivated and they're ready I, to roll. I definitely work on that. Like you said, like, I, I try to make sure all of my students know that my expectation is greatness at any level. And that is at your level. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like we do Socratic seminars across the board. We do essay writing across the board. We do annotation. I, and I tell my students this all the time. I don't expect anything from them that I don't and can't do myself, or I'm not going to work to get better on myself. So sometimes when students knock on my door, sometimes Center for Communications will, you know, knock on the door with um, newspapers and my co-teacher would answer the mm-hmm. door and they'd be like, oh, where's Miss Jones? Where's Miss Boston? And I'm sitting with my students and sometimes people can't see me mm-hmm. because if we're reading silently, Miss Boston is reading silently with you. If, if we're annotating, absolutely. if I said you have 10 minutes to annotate by yourself, I'm doing the exact same thing. I tell my students all the time, especially my AP students, I'm like, look, I took this test with you guys and I missed three. So I know it's hard, you know, like to let them know mm-hmm. like I'm right there with them at all levels. So what's like an aha, like, you know, all-star lesson that you've had um, that you, you know, you look forward to every year. I'm sure you're the type of teacher that tweaks things from lesson to lesson. I know that, but like, What's an all-star lesson back in the day or where every kid was loving it? You know, you went home, you told everybody about it. Give us some insight on, you know, a lesson like that. Oh, my goodness. That's unfair. (laughs) You can pick a couple. So while most students dread ninth grade Shakespeare, Romeo, and Juliet, I always had really, really good success. Secret is, like, low-key, I want to be a Shakespeare scholar like I know that's the most geeky thing ever but I don't know me with a microphone and a headset recording podcast okay, is kind of well, geeky too well maybe mine's nerdy you might, <laughs> I might be nerdy over here but um I thoroughly enjoyed for my ninth grade seeing those moments where we're able to break down Romeo and Juliet and somebody would say a classical for a certain level that doesn't match our demographic and our students are able to say I see myself in here and I don't see myself in this and that's a problem as well Mm -hmm. let's talk about it so some of those Romeo and Juliet lessons um, with my ninth graders I really felt like empowered them especially some students that in the past might have felt like 
I'm not a strong English student. When you can conquer Shakespeare, it gives kids a sense of pride and a sense of honor and a sense of discovery. And again, like having that conversation of, well, where is my voice missing in this and how can we insert our voices? Um, oh, I don't even know. Uh, we got new SOLs recently, so I've had to do quite a bit of tweaking um, as we move to performance tasks over the past year. So yep. things are still moving. 10th grade, um, I love, I mean, they write persuasive essays, but I love when we get to do debates. Um, and I think this year, okay. we did um, debates and we did it twice. And in one particular class, we had students that were shaking to get up there and give their presentation. I mean, could barely get through it. And then, you know, maybe four weeks later, that same kid had their note card and they were showing growth and their classmates were clapping for each other. They were standing up beside each other. I had a student who still was afraid to get up and his said I'll read your note card for you and I was like oh my Aww. goodness and so I was like that's what it was about it and that moment for that class you no know, they still had all their topics they still had their you know persuasive elements and their counter arguments and their thesis and their evidence but to see them like they would shake hands after the debate and that's not anything I told them to do they just naturally started supporting each other and I was like okay that's a win that they had decided to come up with that type of culture. Um, and I think probably for my AP this year, man, we didn't even get to it. I had this whole satire unit plan. And it was gonna be beautiful. Miss Ferris was gonna teach us how to make bread, about the power of bread, um, what bread means to different people. Like if you're hungry, bread means everything. Bread is the sustainer of life. If you're, you know, rich, how many of us prior to COVID have let the bread mold and just figured I'll go buy some more later? You know, um, we talked about bread in the sense of prison and internment camps and how guards would use breads as bribery. So you have to stay alive. I could share this bread with you for a piece of information. Um, and so we were going to do this unit on symbolism. Ferris was going to teach us about bread. And then they were going to come up with a, an answer to this problem of hunger and living in a food desert. But we didn't get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it next year. You know, that's, that's, one, that's one unit. You don't have to plan out. And you got it ready to roll. Well, cool. Well, um, what's, what's something, one or two things where a teacher could listen to this podcast and take from you, like, you know, how you borrowed from Henrico, borrow from you, still give you credit, um, but implement it next year to really kick the year off with a bang or to be a better teacher for the entire year. Like what's a Janae Boston tea spiller that someone I could take and use my biggest from day one at Verona high school and i tell my students this especially my seniors as they start thinking about friend groups and you know college dorm life and employed life and military life i think if you are 
a teacher, I tell everybody, I surround myself with people that are better than me in areas I want to get better at. And I hate that Mm -hmm. because for my friends, that might mean that I'm the weak link in the group sometimes. But, you know, and I'm sure you talk about your students, you know, in our gym a lot about the power of teamwork. Um, the joke is you don't see you don't see Miss Boston without a Ashley around. Like you very rarely do I walk mm-hmm. around campus by myself. And that's because I'm a social person, but that's also because I value so much in the professional support that Brana has to give. I am not afraid to ask anybody a question. I am not afraid to say, ooh, I like that lesson. Can I have it? What can I do with it? And I think sometimes we get um, not embarrassed or ashamed, but I think we sometimes feel ourselves and we don't realize that there's always areas of growth. And so I try to surround myself as much as possible with people that I can constantly learn from. And then I try to make sure that I have something that somebody else wants to make as well. I have to kind of give back at something. Um, and so that was for sure. And I guess kind of along with that is observe as much as possible. Um, I don't spend my duty or my planning period in my room. Um, a lot of times you can see me sitting in the back of somebody else's classroom. Um, And I'm doing my work, but I'm also looking at their lesson and not to be a critique, not to give feedback. This is all for me to say that I like the way that lesson was. Where did you get that lesson? I'm walking around campus. Oh, I like the way your room is set up. Where did you get that desk design from? I'm constantly floating Mm -hmm. in and out of other people's classrooms, especially my English department. Shout out to the English department. But and I'm sorry. Uh, PE and health and driver's ed your department I don't get to the gym too much but y'all are really far away from building 11 just truth be told um, it's yeah we're different area codes but there, there's something about <laughs> walking in to you know sometimes you run passes and I get to walk in to a science class and I'm standing there and I'm like oh, I didn't know this this is what this is very cool maybe I can incorporate that so I think whenever possible getting into other department classrooms and it's easy to say I have 90 minutes I have to go make my copies I have to call these parents I need to do these emails but if you could find some time each week to walk our campus that's also how I get to know kids I'm I'm the type of person to walk on a kid I don't know and say hey how are you good morning where you headed you need me to walk with you I don't know all those kids on our campus it's impossible too but by being present they start mm-hmm. to know, oh, here comes Miss Boston. She's going to say something. She's going But they're okay with it. <laughs> and I always do it with a smile on my For face. For sure. And uh, an assuming the best in all of our students. But I have to get out of my classroom to do that. And I have to be very open and around a lot. So while I'm pretty sure some people on campus are like, you know what? You can go ahead and sit down. We don't need you walking around so much. I think that's definitely a, a trick of the trade that I suggest. And we have a beautiful campus. Like, not too many campuses are of the true campus. So, like, get your steps in and smell the fresh air. You know, our our custodial maintenance department does a great job making our campus look beautiful. Let's enjoy it. 
Absolutely. Well, you already gave um, Miss Scott a shout out. Um, is there anybody else um, out there, department, uh, class of 2020, you know, anybody else you want to give a shout out to before okay, we wrap yeah, up the absolutely. show? Absolutely. And, and I, I know you picked up on Scott being my right hand, like for um, Renaissance and all that, but the Ashleys, the Ashleys know who they mm-hmm. are. And maybe your name isn't officially Ashley. But you know you've been an Ashley in my life because sometimes I get disorganized. I appreciate <laughs> all my Ashleys. I definitely love my English department. Um, they're so supportive. Um, my summer year teaching, I signed up to do summer school English 9. And I was like, perfect. I've taught it forever. I'm ready to finally try summer school. And then the week before summer school started, they switched me to summer school English 11. I had never taught 11. I emailed the English Mm -hmm. department and I said, I need help. They crashed my computer two days in a row because they were sending me so many resources. And my computer could not withstand it. And I just think that's the type of community that the English department exudes. Um, I, all of my students from this year, class of 2020, 2021, 2022, how far does it go down? 2023, my ninth graders, all of them, even my previous students, because I know Verona has a strong alum presence that's probably going to be interested in it. I just want to say thank you, because I think they make me the teacher that I am. A lot of them give me so much quality feedback. And whether they have always said it or never say it, or if I don't say it enough to them, oh gosh, why is my voice cracking? That's awkward and emotional. I, you know, I think Verona's put forth a lot of quality students, and I appreciate all of our students that have come through 1103 directly or indirectly through connections. Oh, that was awesome. I, I really appreciate uh, you being on the show today. Uh, hearing your message. Um, I'm, I'm here taking notes. So when I start the school year next year, you know, I'm doing some of the stuff you recommended. So I hope listeners out there did the same. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and, and letting the world get a little, little slice of Mr. Right, Mr. Jones boss. I'm going to sign off my traditional way. So if you've ever been in my class, 1103, the kids know there are two things. You have to be seated and silent before we leave. Cause like I said, like I have to like continue talking the entire time. And then they have to wait for the mm-hmm. golden set of words, which is bye guys. And then we can head out. So bye guys. What's going on education nation. This is Corey Calder and we have another special one for you today. It is my pleasure to introduce to you, Miss Scott. English teacher at Verona High School. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Lovely. It's a early one this morning, but you know, even the early ones turn out really well. So I'm pumped to have you on. So good. Glad to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking, you know, taking time out of your day and, and spilling the tea with all the listeners out there. Hopefully we have a lot of Verona teachers, uh, faculty, community members, students listening to this. So I want you to have a chance to connect with them. And um, let's kind of get into the background of your education and, and go from there. Um, okay. So I went to JMU. Go Duke. Go Duke. <laughs> uh, 
um, for my undergrad. So I was there for uh, five years. That took yeah, some I time. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I started the education program um, at JMU, but something was just kind of calling me back to Richmond. And so I ended up transferring, not really transferring because it was a different process, but um, I ended up going to VCU for uh, grad school. So I got my bachelor's at JMU for English, but I got my master's in teaching actually at VCU. So um, that took me about two Very years. Very cool. So. Has teaching always been in the family? Are you yeah. kind of like the prodigy? No, uh, I'm the only teacher in my family, but it's just something I like people, you know, ask a lot. I think teachers, people ask teachers like, well, how did you get into teaching? Or like, what made you want to become a teacher? And there's like no one thing that I can pinpoint and say that thing. It's just something I like literally always wanted to do. I just remember as a kid, like growing up in high school, like I just always knew I was going to be a teacher. And I don't know why, because I don't have, like I said, no teachers in the family. I, I don't know. It was just what I knew I was going to do. Like I just... There was no That's question. really cool, though. I mean, because like for me, I had a teacher. Yeah. I have teachers in my family, but I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, and then, yeah. you know, I had a teacher in high school who like really reached me. And I was like, oh, I could I could do this. And when I got into college after that first semester of just gen ed mess, um, I started going down the teaching route and then chose PE because I love sports. Yeah. And I could definitely say I have teachers that made me um... – decide like what I wanted to teach because for a long time I thought I was going to teach elementary Ooh. school uh yeah and then I when I was in high school so like 16 and 17 I worked in a daycare and I quickly realized that elementary school was not for <laughs> me <laughs> so um and then I had you know just an amazing English teacher my senior year of um high school and I was like that's I thought I wanted to teach history for a long time and then that English teacher just really made me realize that English was was it for me so. very very cool so how did you end up at Verina um honestly so I'm a Verina graduate um and Verona was the only school I interviewed from at like out of um out of college it was the only the only place I interviewed um, got the job and just never looked back. I've always, it wasn't necessarily my intention to end up at Verona. Um, like I didn't like seek it out, but it was the only place that I interviewed and that was it. And I just, I knew it was a good fit then and been 11 years now. Yeah. So. And, and, you, <laughs> and you do a lot, you know, at Verona besides English. Um, can you speak to any of the other roles that you that you wear with all the hats that you wear? Yeah. So, um, I currently am the senior class sponsor. Um, I moved up with them last from last year as the junior class sponsor. Um, so I've been with them for two years. And so of course I'm really sad right now to not be able to, they, the senior class this year, they just, they were amazing. They had so many ideas of things they wanted to do. I mean, they were planning, before, like, I mean, in February, they started planning Senior Spirit Week for the first week of May. I mean, they have, 
So I am sad for them that they don't get to to follow through with all those things that they had just been planning. And um, so senior class sponsor, I am the Renaissance co-sponsor with Janae Boston. And we've done that for, I want to say five years. Um, And just being able to watch that program go and for anyone who's not familiar with what Renaissance is, because I think a lot of times we throw that word around and I think um, a lot of times sometimes, I mean, even our students aren't necessarily always familiar with what Renaissance Mm -hmm. does. The key to Renaissance is the climate and culture of a school. And so it's all about positivity and recognition and just making sure that we celebrate what's well, everything, Um, you know, but when we first got into Renaissance, I remember hearing from uh, at a conference, hearing from a speaker that the people will see what you celebrate and that's what people will, you know, associate with what you hold value in. And so it's not just about celebrating Um, you know, sports and athletes and academics, which are all amazing things to celebrate, but also, you know, celebrating um, growth and behavior and just people being good people. Um, And so that's kind of the idea behind Renaissance. We do the pep rallies. We do a lot of um, school-wide events like the freshman orientation um, that's in, usually in August before school starts, we do class meetings. So just a lot of things that go through the school as a whole is things that we do. And Janae and I have worked together with that and we've been to conferences with that. And, um, she's an amazing partner to work with. I think we really work well together. Um, she's very outgoing and a lot of times is the voice. And a lot of times I'm the, uh, she always jokes that I'm her note taker, yeah. which I definitely am. Um, but we just, yeah, we mesh well. And uh, I think part of that partnership is one of the reasons like behind the success. I think the kids see it, see like our relationship and, you know, how much fun we have with it. And I think that's part of the reason why kids want to get involved. Yeah. And, and what I like that you all um, do, you know, where you like you chimed in on celebrating behavior, you know, because mm-hmm. you all just sort of, you know, listeners, if they don't know, you all send like a Google Doc out and we're able as teachers to kind of recommend a student for a variety, variety of things. And so when you're at the pep rally and and the kid gets nominated and he's coming down and he gets to pick his prize or her prize, you know, some students will look at me and be like, why didn't you nominate me? And I was like, because that was for behavior. And if you had a better behavior in the classroom, maybe I could nominate you something like that. And it doesn't motivate everyone. But for some kids, it's like, you're right. I'm a straight A student. I play sports, but I can be a little nutty in the classroom. Maybe I can change this. So hopefully I have a shot to get in one of these awards. Yeah. And it's funny because one time um, last year, um, so we have this award at the pep rally called um, the trifecta award. And, um, so some of the awards we do, we recognize for honorable, um, we recognize for perfect attendance, and we recognize for students being uh, nominated for being thoughtful, honorable, inspiring, or safe by their teachers. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we have students who meet all three. 
They have perfect attendance, honor roll, and they're recognized for that. And so we call that the trifecta award. And last year, um, well, multiple years there, it has been um, students. <laughs> there's, there's a family in Verona, the DePriest family, and the DePriest have won that award multiple times. Okay. Um, and so last year we joked that we were going to rename the award, the DePriest family. And um, shortly after that, like a week later, um, or maybe even that weekend, Janae texted me and said that she was out to dinner and happened to be sitting at a table next to another student from Verona who was telling his parents about the DePriest Award and how he was going to make it his mission to win the DePriest Award. Oh, wow. Yeah, like she and she has no idea who this student is. I wish like we knew who he was to see if like that even, you know, I mean, we didn't get to that pep rally this year because that was supposed to be uh, March 30th. So that didn't happen. But, you know, I wish that we could see if like if that actually came true. But just to know that, like, I mean, he didn't know that she was sitting right there listening to him like he was just talking to his parents at dinner. And just to know that like that motivated him to say like this is going to be because um I mean the student who won it um Justin DePriest he is an athlete you know um he has he has the grades he has the scholar but he also made all of like those other um criteria like important for sure. him and so just to know that that motivated another student to say that's that's going to be me and mystery um, student out there, if you are listening and you were the one at dinner bragging that you wanted to yes. email myself, Miss Scott, or Miss Boston. <laughs> yes. We would love to know who you are. We would love to know who you are. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's dive into the classroom. I mean, the Renaissance is a huge piece at making the climate and culture at Verina special. And I've only been there yeah. three years, like I've said, in pretty much every other podcast. And I love it. And, and some of the reasons is because of that climate and culture. How do you set up the climate and culture in your classroom? And how do you how do you do the things in your classroom to make you a good teacher? Let's spill the tea on that. Um, I think at the end of the day, it comes back to relationships and just building those relationships with your students. Um, I mean, as especially I think as an English teacher, it's something that I personally strive for because I want to push my students and I want them to really open up and think for themselves. And a lot of times, you know, at the beginning of the year, they'll say, we'll be having a discussion of the, and they'll say, well, what do you want me to write down? Or what's the right answer? And I'll tell them, I will never tell you what to write down because I don't want, I already know what I think. I want to know what you think. Um, and we, I try and read a lot of things with them that are going to make them think deeper. And so I know that it's necessary to start by building that relationship with them at the beginning of the year. Because, um, I mean, for example, when we, when school got out, we were reading, um, a book about police brutality. And it's something that I know students are going to have differing opinions on. And so I want them to be able to discuss those opinions, but they need to feel comfortable in order to do that. Yep. And so building that those relationships at the beginning of the year is just something that I think 
is the only way to make that happen. They have to build relationships with me. They have to build relationships with each other. So we do a lot of, um, I, I kind of push them to get them out of their comfort zone. Unfortunately, this year I was on maternity leave at the beginning of the school year. So I, <laughs> I came in at the end of October and they were getting to know me, you know, for the first time they were already very comfortable with each other. Um, so that was a little different, but I know last year, you know, I did a lot of icebreakers and like, you have to get up and speak to people and they didn't want to do that. They were like, but it's the first day. Can't we just sit here and zone out and listen to you go over the syllabus? And it's like, no, because that's, we'll get there. We'll go over the syllabus eventually, but, um, just pushing them, I think out of their comfort zone and it made them more aware of each other, um, more respectful of each other. And it's, I feel like it needs to be, the classroom needs to be like a safe zone. And so I, I want them to feel comfortable speaking their minds um, with not just with me, but with each other as well. So that relationship building is, I think, something that's key. And I, I love doing that too. You know, you, you hand the, the syllabus to them. Yeah, we'll go over it, blah, blah, blah. But let's, let's get you up. Let's get you moving. Let's do, let's do some activities for you to get to know one another and, and, you know, learn maybe my classroom expectations. Right. right. And so do you have, do you have an activity you could kind of uh, tell us about where you put them out of their comfort zone? Um, so one of those, um, one of the things I did last year was having them um, stand up and in two rows, they had to face each other in two rows and then we rotated so that every time they rotated, they were in front of someone new and just ask them random questions. You know, they're like, what does this have to do with English? Absolutely nothing. Like these questions (laughs) don't have anything to do with English. That's not the point. Um, But just, just talk. Like it's okay to just, just talk to somebody new, somebody maybe you never met before. And um, so that one, I think, again, they were not comfortable at first, but by the end they were fine and they realized it was okay. And, um, so something like that. Also the, the cross the line activity, um, where you have the, and we did this, um, I actually did this when we started reading before we read the book that I was talking about. It's called all American boys. And like I said, it, it's about police brutality. It has a lot of, um, it's written from the perspective of two different authors, one, um, an African-American author and one, a Caucasian author. So it's, it's really interesting, like to see the two different perspectives. And we did a cross the line activity before that. And, you know, I threw in some, some silly ones like cross the line. If you know how to, if you've ever done the chicken dance, um, and, but then some deeper ones like cross the line, if you've ever been judged because of your race or your gender or your, you know, socioeconomic and they really, you could see them, of course, when I asked them to stand up, they all groaned. And then at the end they were like, can we do more? Like they wanted to keep going. And it was interesting for them to look around and see the students that they had things in common with. Uh Uh-huh. And so that was, that was really cool. Those are two really neat ones that I think anybody could do what, you know, no matter if you're a teacher or a scaffolding member, right? Yeah. If you're working with a group of kids as an administrator, you know, you could do something like that to break the ice with that little group, that little cohort that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, even some of the silly ones, you don't necessarily have to get super deep. 
Because even some of the silly ones were good conversation starters. Because some of them were like, what is the chicken dance? And then we were like, you know, da 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 Yeah, and then, and then they were like, oh, yeah, okay, I know what that is. And then, um, you know, it was just conversation starters that were just random sometimes. I like that. I might have to add that to my – I haven't done the cross the line one. I've, I've done something similar to the two lines. I do a mm-hmm. circle, and the outside circle moves. Inside circle doesn't. Yeah. Um, but very similar to kind of get jarring thoughts going or even like an end of the year reflection, end of the quarter reflection where the kids can talk about what they don't like, what they like, and then they share with me so we can make the classroom more engaging. So yeah. I, I like I like them both. Um, what's, what's one or two things that a faculty member, maybe not at Verina, but a faculty member anywhere um, could learn from you to help them be a better faculty member next year? Um, I think, again, just going back to the relationships and not even always relationships with your students, but also relationships with the rest of your faculty. I know that, um, I mean, 11 years in, I've kind of grown, um, accustomed to like surrounding myself with the same people. And I know that I need to kind of get out of that, my own comfort zone of those people that I always talk to and and meet some of the new staff. But I think building those relationships with the rest of your staff as well. And I've been even, you know, while we've been home, I've been trying to do that. You know, you set up the, the Marco Polo and I've been trying to get more into that and, and just talking to different people um, building those relationships is, I think, key to any of that. Yeah. And, and I'm with you, you know, when you, I've been a new teacher at, you know, two schools. So like, I've kind of had to start fresh twice. Yeah. And, you know, coming to Verina, sometimes it's almost a little intimidating because all the teachers have such like really cool relationships. Yeah. And day one, two or three, you're walking through the copy room and people are laughing and smiling. And on the sidewalks, people are like hugging and just like everything's great. And it's like, man, I need to get in this, but yeah. I got to reach outside my comfort zone. <clears throat> and, you know, everyone that I interacted with was very like, hey, here's my number. I'm the science teacher. If you need help, you know, shoot me a text. I'm happy to help you. Or like, hey, you know, we're going to be doing this on Friday. If you want to come, you know, shoot me a text. So it's like, it's really neat that at our climate and culture, people are so open arms about like, come, let's go, come on, get on board. Let's find you, you know, a couple of peers that you, you vibe with and, you know, let's make this year good. Yeah. And I think getting involved too with different, I mean, it took me a while. Um, and I, I think that's normal for a lot of new teachers, especially like fresh out of college teachers that are trying to still learn really how to teach, but it took me a while before I actually got involved in any type of like extracurricular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wish I had done it sooner. Um, I think it was maybe four or five years in, um, and that was coaching and I don't coach anymore, but, um, and that was another thing Janae and I did together. We were co cheer coaches and that, you know, we always joke that, we because we had a very um similar idea of what we wanted our teams to look like and the positivity we wanted the cheerleaders to bring and um you know what it meant to be a Verona cheerleader 
And we always say that we wanted to then take what we did with, with cheering and make it bigger for the school. And that was kind of the inspiration that we used with Renaissance. Um, but getting involved with cheering, it really opened me up to a whole different like aspect of, you know, being part of a school. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, then all the other things come. And <laughs> once you get involved in one thing, then they start asking you to do a million other things. But, um, yeah, I just I think getting involved in those things, and some people will be like, "Well, I don't have the time." And I mean, it is it, it's very time consuming, but it's very rewarding too. Um, and I think being a part of a school community is getting involved in some of those other things and finding the time to do those things. Yeah. And that's, that's huge too. And, you know, if you, if you can get involved in anything, even if it's your first year, first nine weeks, like just, just do it. You know, the money might not be worth it, but the relationships are key. Absolutely. that That helps carry your, you know, your status to all the students, you know, you connect with a like in your case, a couple of cheerleaders, well, I'm sure those cheerleaders went and told other friends and family members how cool their coaches were. And that's just sort of setting you up in the Verona community. Yeah. And I mean, when we started Renaissance, some of our key like Renaissance uh, members, you know, were cheerleaders that saw what we were doing with cheering and they were like, we want to be a, a part of something bigger. And so then they came and joined Renaissance as well. And they brought their friends who weren't cheerleaders and got more people involved in, in Renaissance. And so, um, yeah, I definitely think that being, being cheer coaches is something that I think prepared us. It prepared us to, to like, to lead leaders because you're, you're teaching, you're teaching students how to lead, which is hard. It's hard to, to teach someone else how to lead. Um, and you have to do that with, with a sport. And so I think that helped both Janae and I be able to do that with the various, um, I mean, Renaissance especially, but um, the just the various things that we do is, is helping them be the leaders. I gotcha. Well, you know, setting those, it's, it's one thing, like you said, to build the relationships, but to really, teach these kids how to be leaders that's that's huge right I mean that's that's a lifetime skill that every one of our students no matter what school they're at they need to learn is how to be a leader so one of the things we you know really talk about with our renaissance kids too is like being a leader doesn't always mean you're the loudest most vocal person in the room you're exactly right Um, And I think a lot of our our students have realized that. And when we're planning pep rallies, the students plan the pep rallies completely. And sometimes things fail, but that's okay. And Janae and I could get out there and be on the mic and we, we could do things, you know, very easily. But that's not what it's about. It's about teaching them how to do it and teaching them. You know, we had one pep rally this year. Um the winter sports pep rally that was thrown together very quickly because we realized we were almost out of time to do it. And, you know, afterwards our kids came to us on their own and said, we need for the next pep rally, we need more prep time. We need to do this. We need to be more organized. Like they knew 
because of the failures that they faced during that pep rally, they knew what they needed to fix for the next one. Uh And so allowing them to fail too sometimes can teach them, I think, to be even better leaders. Did you know going into that pep rally, like, uh, this one might not be the best? Um, I don't think that anyone necessarily watching the pep rally would have known. Yeah, because I didn't. I loved it. Yeah, I I think it's more what the kids had, like, planned in their heads. Gotcha. And what they thought the pep rally was going to be. Um, And it wasn't what they wanted it to be. It wasn't to the level that they wanted it to be. And so I didn't necessarily think it was a failure or know that like things were going to fail, but um, especially the, the kids who were on the mic, they didn't feel as prepared as they wanted to feel because they hadn't practiced and they realized how necessary that Mm -hmm. was. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. One one time I was in there like going over games with them um, and this might've been last year and you know, some were working on the script and the kid was like, no, I'm just going to wing it. Yeah. And the, the friend was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like you will have a script. Yeah. Now if you wing it, but you have a script in your hand, that's on you, but we're at least planning what we're going to at least say. And so it was like funny how they would keep themselves in check and like, you know, they're being leaders, leaders, yeah. you know, have to confront one another in certain situations. Yes, Absolutely. So what's, um, we're coming up towards the end of the show. Are there any shout outs you want to give out there to colleagues, um, your senior class? Cause those are your babies who are graduating. Um, any shout outs? The floor is yours. Um, definitely to Miss Boston. I miss her. She used to come, she had first block, uh, planning. And so she used to come in my room with my AP class and they would get very upset if she had a meeting or something and could, I only had five kids in my AP class my first block. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so they would get very upset if she did not show up. Um, and so I know they're missing her too. And I'm missing my AP seminar class every day. Um, and definitely my seniors, um, Nia, Tyra, um, Tierra, Yeah. Rossi, who used to check in with me every day. Um, Definitely miss seeing him. Scotty number two, because I am Scotty number one, even though Keandre Scott claims to be Scotty number one. He knows that I am Scotty number (laughs) one. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, definitely miss seeing all of them. All our Renaissance babies used to come to us. I mean, we didn't even have to have a meeting. They would just show up during this time and say, we're going to start planning stuff. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Um, there you go. So, yeah, miss all of them. There you go, tea drinkers. That was an episode of Staff of Tea Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you for steeping in our episode. And do me a favor and go give us a four or five star review and click that subscribe button so you get future episodes. This has been real. This has been fun. And this has been real fun. Till next time, see ya.